human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept. And one we will explore today on The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so absolutely delighted that you're with us today. As I always tell you, go to the self-improvement blog. You're going to read all about our guest there. You'll see her picture, and you'll be really glad that you did that. The self-improvement blog is getting busier and busier. We have a lot of really wonderful guest articles now, and uh, it just keeps growing. So you might want to take a look around while you're there and spend as much time as you want. Today we're going to talk about modern mystics, something we haven't talked about for quite a while. When we hear the word mystic, we think of people like Meister Eckhart, Francis of Assisi, Teresa of Avila, the Sufis like Hafiz, Rumi. We think of Babaji, Lao Tzu. These are people who had a special connection with the divine And we don't often think of people we know or hear about in our daily lives as mystics. Most of us think that that was in another time, another place, long, long ago, as they say on Star Star Wars. But mystics do walk among us. In our own time, we've had Paramahansa Yogananda, Gandhi, Mother Mira, I have met and spent time with Reverend Billy Graham. I would say he is definitely a mystic, although he would deny that. Thich Nhat Hanh, Carlos Castaneda, there's so many, so many more. There are those among us that seem to live ordinary lives in extraordinary ways. And we're going to talk to one of them today. Patty Fivette has been with us before. She's one of those guests you just have to have back. She's a renowned author, beloved modern mystic, popular media guest, speaker, and metaphysician. She has a brand new book out called The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. And I would recommend that you get it. You know what? You might be a mystic, too. It is my absolute honor and delight to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Patty Fivette. Patty, welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you. I have been looking forward to this since we connected a little while ago to set the date, and I'm very excited to be here. When I got your book, I did a little happy dance. (laughs) I think I I I emailed you immediately uh, I've been broadcasting I'm in my 8th year now and you're way at the top of my favorite guest list. And I oh, aren't, you, aren't you sweet? I really appreciate that. 
It was funny when the email came through. I checked just everyday emails in a computer I've got on the counter in the kitchen, and uh, I saw the email from you came through for the show, and and I said woohoo and hollered. I said it's Irene, and my husband looked at me and he says, "Do what? <laughs> yeah, what? What was that?" Uh, for those who have not heard you before, and we have a lot of new listeners, tell us about yourself. Who is Patty Fivetsy? You're not getting out of this question. You know, I asked myself that so many times over my lifetime, and now I'm pretty comfortable with the answers that I come up with. And in asking that question, I had to separate the roles in my life from my life itself. For instance, um, instead of saying, I am a mother, I can say, I am, and I mothered two children. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm from the South. The accent will not change. I have tried. There it is. And <laughs> it's, it's how it processes. <laughs> and years ago... Uh, I awakened to my intuition, and that's what we talked about on our last show. And I awakened, it's life was not going the way I thought it should be going. And to tell you the truth, between you and me and everybody else that's listening, I was pretty much ready to check out, and I'd even made plans about how to do it. And I ended up with a, a stage one melanoma, and all right, I don't have to. All I have to do is do nothing, and it will grow, and I will be gone. And it was the most beautiful experience because I realized at that time I did not know who I was, and it wasn't checking out that I needed. It was life, and it was I needed checking life. in. Yes, and I wanted to embrace life, and and so I, I took care of that problem, and um, I, I started traveling. I started figuring out who I was and what I was about and realized that the intuition that I had as a child was coming back. Actually, it never left, but I put it in the back of my mind and didn't think about it anymore. But when I opened up to that possibility, it came flooding back, and it was, it was like the dam had broken and, and all this, this wonderful water, and I was just floating around learning about myself. And I learned that for me... Oh, I realize that for me, religion, I have a very strong faith, but uh, my, my faith requires me to know the divine, I prefer to call it God, but call it what you want, uh, the, the universe, higher self, whatever, um, or any of the religious names for God. But to me, it had to be not a theology, but a personal experience. I needed to see that, that higher energy, the divine, in the trees and the birds and the butterflies. I needed to be able to see it in my friends, in the eyes of people I loved, and I needed to be able to witness it even in the people that were acting as if they were my enemy uh, in one way or another, or angry, and for, for whatever reason, and I needed to see it that way too. And when I began to embrace that, modern mysticism, that term plopped into my life. I read about that term in a book. And there was a, the story, Irene, is that there was a, 
uh, a minister from a Christian faith that was sent to, uh, I think it was before World War II, actually, and he was sent to um, the South Pacific and an island, and he was supposed to convert and teach, of course. He could not speak that native language. They could not speak his language. There was nobody there that could speak any language that he could relate to. How was he going to survive? How was he going to combat the loneliness? And so he decided that instead of trying to be like the mystics of old, the Teresa of Avila and, and Teresa of Lisieux and St. John of the Cross and uh, those, those famous mystics, instead of doing that, he would embrace what he called modern mysticism. In other words, he would live his faith every moment so that God was a real experience to him and that God's love was an ever-present and it would fill him up to the point that his issues, his loneliness, his um, longing for his wife and family, uh, his need to relate to somebody, all of that would pale in comparison to this wonderful feeling he had on a daily basis. And when I read his story um, in, in his, it's called Modern Mysticism Book of Letters or something like that, when I read his story, I thought, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's for me. That's it. And so it wasn't something I had to learn as much as it was something I embraced, I opened up to. And I'm convinced that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, because it's not something you actually do. It's something that you open up to. I'm convinced that everybody here on this planet has the innate capacity to live life mystically. And I, I sometimes think of it as live life flat out. You, know, you really yeah. are living. Yeah. You're on your third book. You, you you wrote when life cried out. That was your story. Your your story of how you got here. Making of a mystic. We had you on. We talked about that. And now you've written the Eagle's View: Five Steps to Modern Mysticism, and it's it's so good. Your your books. My my take on your books is that they have a way of sneaking up on you. How did this book come about? This book did have a way of sneaking up on me. Uh, I didn't start out to sit down with a title and write Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. I'll be honest with you, I did not. But I write to process. It's not always journaling. Sometimes it turns into journaling. But sometimes I will start writing and the divine comes through. The spirituality comes through. And the next thing I know, I have gone on a writing trip, and then I go back and start reading what I was, what I was writing. Because during this, this, when this process happens, I literally am not always conscious of what I'm writing. I am conscious of the feeling I have when I write. And, oh, it won't pass. When that happens, it will not pass an English test. So I have to go back and edit and add to. But, but I had started writing different things that were leading me on a new journey beyond just making of a mystic. And I explained this part, this process in the book, Making of a Mystic. But I was on a new journey. What's this journey about? I'm not quite sure, but I realized very soon in it that I was writing 
about a process that uh, composed of a lot of teaching that carried its own energy. And I realized as I was writing and started started editing what I was writing and categorizing and, and, and this type thing and, you know, and making sense of what I was writing, I realized that uh, I was writing a series of, of steps or, should I say, some questions. And the first step... And you could call these columns or pillars or um, foundations or anything. But the fir- I call it step because it was easiest. And the first step was one of awareness. Where am I? The second step was one of identity. Who exactly am I? And the third step was one of expression. What is my purpose here on this earth? And the fourth step I ended up calling spiritual artistry. How will that purpose happen? And spiritual artistry is beyond just doing. It's connecting and letting that which is greater than you and you are part of move through you in the doing. And the fifth step is the one that turned me up. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. It turned me upside down and sideways because I had to learn what real love was about. Oh, yeah, not an easy one. Yeah, real love. I mean, that heavy, powerful, delightful, effervescent, divine love. It's different from everything else that that I had known as love. But I had to learn that. And so as I wrote, those those are what came through. And we're going to talk about each one of those, but let's go back a little bit and define some terms we talked a little bit in the introduction to the show about what a mystic is, but if 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 somebody just asks you, well, what in the world is a modern mystic anyway, and what is mysticism, what would you tell them? I would say modern mysticism or modern mystic is a person who embraces modern mysticism in their life. Uh, but modern mysticism is the understanding that ordinary life is a direct participation with God. Uh, You live your life so that God is a presence that moves through you and with you and for you. I like that. And I want to add, and is you. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes. It's also the recognition of the insightful change this understanding has upon your life, and we could probably do four shows on that one. And it's also a continuous endeavor to thrive through authenticity, intuition, insight, and just innate instinct. Some people don't like the intuition word, and that's fine. But uh, as humanity was created, we all have instincts that lead us toward this thing or that thing. We know not to eat poison oak, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we know not to run out in front of a car, um, and it's, it's just this innate instinct that I think the business model that we've all followed for the last several hundred years, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not complete totally in and of itself. There's this instinct that's innate to us. I prefer to call it intuition but or innate insight, um, but it's part of all of our lives, and it's not something we'd learn, although there are lessons that you can learn to increase it, but it's something that we 
need to remember and open up to. Because yeah, some people think want. it's a dirty word, but it really isn't. And I, I don't know where it, it got um, switched around, maybe, you know, because psychics are called intuitives and people don't, some don't like that or, you know, whether it was in the witch hunts, who knows. But it, it's beginning to come back, I think, a little bit. In fact, I I want people who go to the blog to look at Sync Tuition because that's a program that helps you develop your intuition. <laughs> it's really very good. Anyway, we talk about mystical experience. How would you describe a mystical experience? And it sounds like what you have when you write. I have had what I describe as a mystical experience. I have had, I have had them. And they can be simple, they can be profound, they can knock you to your knees, or it could just be a small aha experience. To me, a mystical experience is that that the experience of God present in your life, so that it's so strong that you are changed by the experience in some way, and changed for the positive. Sometimes a mystical experience will knock you to your knees, and I have learned that sometimes the mystical experience will just be a fluttering of the chest and just you feel like love has just washed over you more than you ever knew. For instance, I have had two experiences with butterflies that I would say on some level are mystical experiences. And let me preface this by saying what would be a mystical experience to me, what would be so profound to me that it would change my life may not be the same thing for somebody else and vice versa. We're all unique on this earth and we were created to be unique. And I do believe the divine speaks to us and through us and from us and in us in ways that will affect us. So the two things with butterflies, once I was sitting on the base of the Mary Magdalene Tower at Rennes-le-Chateau in in France, and I had looked around the the, the area and and just did not get what I thought I was needing to to, to have. And so I went outside the little compound and sat at the base of the Mary Magdalene Tower and started meditating, and for me, meditation is a very powerful experience. Not always, but sometimes. And so I sat there cross-legged in among some flowers, and I thought, well, if nothing else, maybe I can close my eyes to the world that seemed to be churning in my head at the time with life changes and, and just feel the flowers. So I sat down, and then it was like every cell in my body started twinkling, and I don't know another way to describe it. And I felt like I was not alone, but nobody was near me, and, and there was a presence. And I opened my eyes, and there were hundreds of butterflies all around me. They had lit on my, my legs, on my arms, somewhere in my hair. They were just, it was a beautiful experience. And to me, that kind of thing is a mystical experience because what I got from that, you know, show me the truth in that. That was my prayer, show me the truth. And what I got was every one of these butterflies had gone through a change. 
it went through a change where it put itself in a cocoon, it melted down to a liquid state, then it had to struggle to get out of the cocoon so it could fly, and then it could fly. And that's what was happening in my life, and so it let me know that that was okay. That was okay. Life is as it needs to be for me right now. And on that note... We- On that note, we need to go to break. I want the listeners to think about that amazing, amazing experience while we go to break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more with Patty Fivette. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Patty Fivette. She's written a wonderful book, The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. I really recommend that no matter where you are on your spiritual path, you get this book. It is extremely easy to read, well done, and would speak to anybody uh, who wants to deepen their, their walk. I want to ask you for the viewers, because I've already read it and we've had you on before. What's the significance of the title, The Eagle's View? What does an eagle have to do with this? Oh, that's one of my favorite things. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thank you for asking. (laughs) I have to Google about that. Um, The uh, series of dreams I had many years ago, 
the first dream, this is when I was healing from a relationship that just sucked the stuffings out of me, and, and I was like a rag doll by the time I left. And the um, it just wasn't right for me. But uh, and during my awakening period, my healing period, I had a series of eagle dreams. And the first eagle dream was the, the young eagle had hatched in the middle of a chicken coop full of chickens, and and it didn't fit in. And I dreamed that one, Irene. It's <laughs> good. And I thought, just repeating dream, various forms, but the same basic thing. And then one day the eagle left, and it went on a walkabout, and it didn't know who it was or what it was, but it left. And, oh, that eagle wandered down that road forever, too. You know, like two or three years I dreamed that. Then one day the eagle got to the edge of the cliff, and it was a dilemma because the eagle had never learned how to fly, and jumping off the cliff was one choice, but the other choice was to go back to chicken life. Well, that was not a choice. You know, that was like a, 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 an emotional death to the eagle. So, so from, from several dreams, the eagle was on the edge of that cliff, and then one night the eagle jumped, and it went into a free fall. And I'm glad that one only happened a couple of times because I would wake up screaming and because the eagle was just about to hit the ground and I'd wake up screaming. And then one day, I mean one night, during that particular dream, the eagle heard a voice from the heavens, if you want to say it. And it was all in my dream, of course. But the eagle heard a voice from the heavens that says, spread your wings, spirit has you. Wow. 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 But the eagle wasn't flying, but it wasn't it wasn't crashing. It was it was floating. You know, the wings of the winds of spirit had the eagle. And that one was a beautiful dream. But there was one more dream and that was the end of the eagle dreams. One day, I mean one night, um, and it only happened once. The eagle was flying and it was flapping its wing, and it was controlling where it was going. But I wasn't seeing the eagle in the dream like you watched something on television. I was seeing the world through the eyes of the eagle. Wow. And it was a fascinating dream. It was just a wonderful dream, and I awakened weeping tears of joy, Irene, just tears of joy. I opened this book, The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. I opened it with an experience that I had in Belgium when I was going back and forth to Belgium. I was sitting in some bleachers in a park, and there were some eagle, golden eagles, and they were well cared for. I don't mean to say that they weren't, but they had lost their innate instinct to do what eagles do. They only flew right off the top of our heads. Uh, from trainer to trainer, and at first it just felt like the kiss of spirit itself, or the feathers of them almost were touching your, the top of your head. And it was wonderful, and then I got nervous. And why am I nervous? What is coming through? What do I see that I don't want to see? What awareness is coming? And I got so nervous that I knocked my purse under the bleachers, which is really an experience getting it. But... I realized that while they were well taken, cared for, etc., they had forgotten what real eagles do. 
They didn't know about mountaintops. They didn't know about building nests. Their homes were close to the ground. They did not understand mating. They, and they had lost their innate instinct, and I realize so many of us have also. Oh, yeah, and you know what? I have your next book title. You can't go back to chicken life. No, I mean, you can't. <laughs> you can't go back. <laughs> you can't. And those of us who realize this, realize it very profoundly. It could be a saying on our wall. You cannot go back to chicken life. You There's can't nothing go wrong back with to... chickens. Those of people out there who love chickens, you know, that's fine. <laughs> But if you're supposed to be an eagle, you can't be a chicken. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I expect in the next few years to see this on the shelf. You can't go back to chicken life. Had to throw that in. I, I just, I had to. Are are modern mystics different from the ancient mystics? Is there a difference here? I think. See, that's an interesting question, and. Uh, I don't want to pause while I think, because we were, we were on life, but I really think today's times are so different yeah. from the times of the ancient mystics that in some way we have to be different. We are bombarded every day with instantaneous news, and we know what's happening in this area of the country, and we know what's happening in the other area of the country, and unfortunately, the bad news that we are told about uh, is more prevalent than the good news we are told about. Uh, I guess bad news sells copies. I don't know. But uh, the the journalists will have to decide that. not for me. But I do think that we are so bombarded with busyness these days and trying to make it work. The males and the females in a household, uh, in in most houses, they work if you even have male and female in a household. There are many single people that are on their own. And, and I really think we don't have the community that they used to have years ago, a decade, a, a, a millennia ago. And so I think in that way, it's different because there's so much noise, if you want to call it that, all around yeah. us that it interrupts our, th- our thoughts. But in another way, they're the same because it is the same spiritual power that's, that's there for us. It is the same um, spiritual power that's it's, uh, God that is with us, that is for us, that is in us, just like it was for them. It just may be harder for us to quiet our minds and listen to this inner voice. Hey, you have, oh, I love the way you've got your book. Your quotes and your key points at the beginning of the chapter, I love them. Just love them. You have one that I think if we twist it a little bit would, would probably express my view on it. And you say, the extraordinary exists within the ordinary day. And I think the extra, the extraordinary exists in all the hustle and bustle of modern life or contemporary existence. You know, we're expected to be a mystic in the middle of all of this. Yes. I think. Yes. Frankly, it's the only way I can get through all of this. 
Yeah, it certainly is a challenge. <laughs> it, it is a challenge, but but just it doesn't take but a moment of quietness to get right back to that special place. I love washing dishes, not because I like the process of washing dishes. It's because I like standing at the sink with the water running over my hands, and it reminds me of Rumi's um, statement, man is a drop in an ocean of God. It just yeah. reminds me of that. And, and in my mind, when I'm cleaning the dishes, I see, okay, I'm standing here doing dish, dishwashing, but in my mind, what I'm doing is cleansing myself of the thoughts that I don't need anymore or the I'm I'm a, an empath. I pick up people's thoughts. I hold it in my body as feelings. And so I'm cleansing myself of those feelings uh that are not mine or or uh, I'm I'm saying prayers of of gratitude or prayers of intention or whatever I need to do for the day. And um the dishwashing is just busyness but but in that space, it's all mine. If, if, if you need some personal space, go wash dishes because everybody oh. in the house just runs. <laughs> oh, yeah. they all In my family, it seems like everybody has to go to the bathroom until the dishes are finished. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, well, not in my relationship now, but in my growing up family. Yes. Know, yeah, yes. I, I, we, yes. We were in charge of dishes, but it seems to me that everybody else went away <laughs> now, this this is a <laughs> well, I have just I have just found it a reconnection time I can get right there you know and sometimes I'll read and I won't be aware of what I'm reading my mind is wandering off to that still silent place and I have found that the woods and nature or, oh, they're just a boon to spirituality. I, I just wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I think the Japanese call walking through the woods, they call it forest bathing. And I think that's oh. just the nicest term, don't you? Because it's, it. it's energizing, it's cleansing, it's, it's, you come to that still, small, quiet voice that really is not particularly still or quiet if you listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, it gets a little noisy sometimes. I live in this wonderful little town called Fountain Hills, and sunrises are so spectacular because we have mountains in the distance, and you know if there's clouds, then the, the whole sky is pink and purple and orange and wonderful colors, and and I mean, it's just it's it's breathtaking. Oh, it's and it's one of those times of day that is so special. I'm going to ask you a heavy-duty question and um, take as long as you need with it. We'll go to break when you're finished. or Skip it all together. I don't know. Let's take it as it comes. Heavy-duty question. Yeah. A lot of people today say they don't believe in God. So I'm going to ask you just very simply, tell us about God and your experience of God. I'm going to start with a story. When I was six or seven, I was in Sunday school class. And our normal teacher, our regular teacher, had not come, and a substitute had come. And there we were, sitting in this Sunday school class, and this new teacher brought in a picture 
of people burning. They were on fire. And she said, this is what happens to little boys and girls who are not good. God sends to hell. And it must have had a huge impact on me, Irene, because if I were a person who could draw, I could draw the picture. I can still see it in my mind. It terrorized me. But I had, the world had not silenced me at that point. And I looked at her and said, if God is that mean, then I'm going to believe in Santa Claus, because at least he rewards you when you're good. Yep. And I was banished from Sunday school for the day and sent across the street to my grandmother's house. I'm glad she lived across the street. I don't know what they would have done with me. And I was upset. And uh, my mother still talks about it. She's, uh, her memory is failing, but she remembers that one. And uh, I remember it, too. And I prefaced that only by saying so many people were brought up to think of God as a being out there somewhere who checks off rights and wrongs. Yeah. And when people say they don't believe in God, I think a lot of times, this is just my opinion, that's what they're turning against, the right and wrong. I believe that God is an ever-presence that cannot be destroyed. It's, it's creative it's love personified, it's love not personified, it's the life force, it's bigger than I am, yet I am part of that. I am part of that. And not just me, we all are part of that. I believe that the thing I call God is, and I say thing with capital letters because I feel like it's a holy experience, is for us it has our own it has us. It has our good in in yeah. in mind. It's for us. It's with us on a daily basis, and it's in us. We were created. Even uh, uh, the holy books will say you're created in the image of God. Well, people can't quite get that, and what they do is turn it around and they create God in human image, and it's yeah. not quite that way. We are. Actually, each of us are more than we think we can be. We can do more than we think we can do. We can accomplish things. We can invent. We can create. Uh, Even Einstein, it said, came up the theory of relativity when he was in a very quiet place taking a nap or something of the sort. You know, he put his mind at rest, and this, this, this... energy came through that told him about this relativity thing, and I'm not a scientist, so I can't discuss it. But I do believe that that was a very much a presence of God, these ideas that we have. Where does it come from? Thought forms, creative things. Where did, where did this creativity come from? Where did this, this love, I, you can look at a flower, and if you really hold a flower in your hand, and let it speak to you, I often will cry because it's such a loving thing. I can feel its life essence. And and that to me is God. On that note, we're going to break, go to break so we can just sit with those thoughts for a moment. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more with Patty Fivette. Mm-hmm. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Patty Vivette, who's written a wonderful new book called The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. We talked very briefly, Patty, in the beginning about what those five steps were. Let's take this show out with talking about what, you know, a little more in depth about the five steps, starting with awareness, where am I? Aware, I think that would be fun. The awareness question, where am I, that's not a location question. That is becoming aware of your thoughts and your beliefs, your ideals, those things you hold dear, those things you don't hold dear, how you embrace, what you believe. It's that type thing. You'd be surprised, well, maybe you wouldn't because you've been interviewing beautifully for many for a long, quite a while, uh, but you'd be some people may be surprised that people don't really know what they believe or or uh, what their relationship with money is or what they think about love or or these things. So the first question is a question of awareness, and I have some exercises in the book of, to help people awaken to to their own personal awareness. And the second question is one of identity. Who am I? That question or that part of the book delves into the difference between the roles you play and who you really are. Like I had said earlier, I am and I'm mother to children instead of saying I am a mother. It's two entirely different things. But that's the identity question, and that's a big question, especially for people who have had the unfortunate experience of being told who they are in a thousand different ways. 
and we're told what we have to believe, and you know, and we have to overcome that. You know, I ask people, "What do you believe that you weren't told you had to believe? What do you believe because you believe it?" <laughs> and we go from there. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt oh, okay. you. Keep going. Yeah, and I approach this. I don't tell anybody the answers in this. I guide them in this book. I guide them into discovering their own answers because I really believe that people are individual and do have their own answers. And there are higher answers and there are higher vibrational answers. And the more we grow, the higher our vibrations come. So let me get back to the steps um, before I get sidetracked. The third one is what is my purpose? So why am I here on this earth? I, you know, what has meaning to me? Uh, what is my purpose? And I have said this before, and I'll say it again. When you realize your purpose, you don't have to be a great singer. You don't have to have these wonderful talents and be uh, a, a scientist that discovers something fantastic. When you are on your purpose, you can do it in an average conversation in the grocery store or standing yep. in line or whatever. Uh, but but purpose is uh, is a big part of this book, and then the fourth question is spiritual artistry. How will my purpose happen? In spiritual artistry, I delve into the different types of intuition. That's how we can hear this higher power talking to us, or how we can feel in our hearts what is right for us and not right for us. How we manifest during during our lives. And then the fifth question is the big I mean the big one. What is love? And that's the big one. And in this this I go to the Greek just because it was it was an easier way to explain. The different types of love, philia, storage, eros, and then what I call divine love or agape, the Greek agape love. Philia is is like the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love. Philia is brotherly love. Storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, I'm giving it a southern pronunciation, is family love. And then eros is passion. It is not just physical passion. I know people who are passionate about their hobbies. And so eros is passion. And then there's divine love. But what happens, Irene? People are born with an innate pull to love. We want it, we seek it, we want to give love, we want to be loved, we want to have love. Um, we, we're born with a drive toward love. But what happens, we get all mixed up and we start looking for this love outside of ourselves through philia, storage, um, passion of some sort. When it's with us from the beginning, we still our minds, we go inside, we find that love and we know it's from the divine as for us, you know, in us, with us. And once you realize that, that you're doing it backwards, once you realize the divine love is already there, these other three forms of love increase exponentially. It's unbelievable. But you can't find outside of yourself what is an inside job? You have to do the inside before you go outside. And how do you do that? Big question. 
I wondered about that myself for years. How do I do this? I wish I could say I could give you four steps, this way, that way, or the other way. Just do one, two, three. But it doesn't happen that way. For everybody, it's not the same. For uh, me, it was a lot of work, a lot of inner work, a lot of separating what I had been told from what was true, and then I found it in stillness. I found it in nature. That's how I found it. I found it in nature. I saw a group of butterflies that were in the mountains of, of North Carolina one day. Uh, my future husband and I were walking through the mountains, and we saw these butterflies, and they were parked on the road. They were logging up the street, and one or two of the butterflies would get hurt and when and and be dying actually you know cuz the logging truck would hit them and as sad as that is the beautiful thing about it was that all of his buddies or her buddies would congregate around them and they would fan them with their wings until he either got better or passed i have never seen anything like it oh. and my husband and i watched they were blue uh, other than that i just found out that they were uh native to only to the North Carolina mountains, so I don't know what kind they were, but I do know that. But we were so impressed the first time we saw it, we both were just teared up because it was the most beautiful expression. And I looked at my my future husband, and he looked at me, and I said, that's love. That's what we need on this earth. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so I, it was instead of a series of steps, you know, that I can tell, it's being aware. That's the only step you need, being aware. Stop telling yourself you are not loved. Stop telling yourself you are not lovable. Stop telling yourself that you have to do this, that, or the other to be loved. It's there. It's with you already. Close your eyes and be still and find it. Let it speak to you. Ask for a dream at night. Show me what love is. Ask the divine, I want to know love. Show me what love is, real love. It may come through another person. It may come through nature like it did with me. Um, the, the, The divine does not have a set of rules that no. one size does not fit all. <laughs> you know? Now, one of my concerns is that we're so tied into technology. You know, are young people going to be able to put their cell phone down long enough to, to tap in to what's in the stillness? Now, it's a real concern for me there are so many distractions. There are so many things that get our attention. And, and silence and quiet are certainly not, uh, it doesn't compete with everything that's getting everybody's attention these days. No, How do you cut through that? There are some people that express love, and that's how, that is their version of. My version is silence, but where where I have to, uh, in the silence and and really open up to the divine in that way, there are some people in this world who learn about divine love by helping other people. Yes. And so for them, it's not silence. There are uh, there are people who uh, are able to talk, are able to listen, who are able to hand out 
um, food to the hungry, and uh, every church in my area does this because we have the distinction of being having the most hungry children in America, and the uh, in this area, and so churches do that, and you have people that are able to look in these faces and hand the backpack for the food for the week or the day or whatever and set up the food shelters, I mean, the, the you know, the food grocery stores, you know, the, the free food places and, right. and this type thing. And some people ex- learn by doing, and the more they do and the, the more they can open up. So, there's not, like I said earlier, there's not a one-size-fits-all. It's unique for everybody. And the, the thing that's most important is... Your intention. That's your intention. The universe, God, um, whoever, well, uh, the divine will answer. Once you have that intention, I want to know divine love. Once you have that intention, show me divine love, it will come to you in the way that you understand it. I am convinced about that. Oh, I could not agree with you more. And you know what? We're getting really close to the end of the show, so I'm going to ask you that question. What's the thought you want to leave with our listeners today? And you have time for a good answer. What I would like to leave with everybody is that you are more than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. You are love personified. The divine has created you, regardless of the situation that you came into this world, regardless of what the world has told you. You are love. You are created in the image of the divine, and that is love. It is there. What you touch, what you do, what you think can be an expression of the way you were created. I want to tell everybody that's listening to give themselves a hug mm-hmm. and feel it and then take that hug and share it with somebody. Maybe not physically, but a kind word or a kind deed. Because the more of us that do that, I call that mysticism, but the more of us that do that, that share our innate love with another person, and I'm not talking physically, necessarily. It could be a word, uh, a, a deed. It could be a thought. It could be a prayer. The better this world is going to be. Don't react with negativity toward negativity. No. Rise above it. Because Patty, thank you so much. It's time to say goodbye, and I am so grateful that you were with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. I have absolutely loved talking with you. I always love it. Please get (laughs) Patty's book, The Eagle's View, Five Steps to Modern Mysticism. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Patty Fivette, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back next week for more of the self. Oh, no, next week is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.